0: you're listening to music growth talks the podcast for musicpreneurs
1: with andrew apanov hello everyone andrew apanov here and you're listening to the music growth talks podcast if you haven't been to the musicgrowthtalks.com website i encourage you to do so uh, for the links we just added, um, uh, which allow you to easily subscribe to the show on Stitcher, on Tuning, if these are the platforms you prefer for consuming, listening to podcasts. uh, Of course, it's up on Apple Music and really any podcast app that you use. works. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed, uh, please do so. And uh, if you are not sure how to do that, go to musicgrovetalks.com. Uh, there you can also uh, subscribe via email, which I find the best way to uh, to stay up to date with, um, uh, with new episodes, uh, because I personally send out uh, emails every time a new show is out so yeah, subscribe in your podcast app subscribe via email i really appreciate that and uh uh really appreciate uh, seeing new people uh subscribing and uh listening to the podcast every week thank you all uh new listeners And uh, as a reminder, yeah, if you have any questions uh, about uh, what I do, about data music, about the show, uh, have ideas on who I should interview for Music Growth Talks, hit me up uh, at um, uh, Twitter at metaandrew and metaandrew at datamusic.com. I know it's not the most obvious um, address, but uh, just, yeah, look me up or use the contact form. Uh, or the email address on the musicgrovetalks.com website. And now to today's episode, number 114. My guest today is Jamie New Johnson, a former artist manager of uh, Educator from Toronto, Canada, uh, who is a founder of Smartest University or Smartest U, uh, formerly Smart Band Management, uh, a platform and educational online platform for aspiring music managers from uh managers with some experience for artists looking to find managers and uh, for self-managed artists as well lots of great material there be sure to check out all the links uh so the show notes as usual uh at dotted music uh at dottedmusic.com so in the blog you'll find uh a description of these episodes with all the links uh you know linking to everything we are talking about with um uh, Jamie, you on this show so definitely check it out and listen to this episode in full uh if you already work with a manager maybe it will be somewhat basic to you i think it's it's there are still a few useful tips here but uh yeah if you want to work with musicians if you are looking to find a music manager for your own project then uh, yeah, there will be a ton of great tips in here. Uh, I'm glad that we finally talked about music management on this um, podcast. I don't think we've um, really covered it a lot in the past. So hope you enjoyed. Uh, let me know what you think afterwards. And um, here we go. Jamie, welcome to uh, Music Growth Talks. I'm excited to have you on the show.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to be on the show.
1: Yeah, so uh, I am really curious to, uh, to start uh, asking you some, some very practical questions that uh, may be actionable to our audience because um, the, the things, the, the topics you've been covering is really uh, something that a lot of um, our listeners uh, have been asking about and have been trying to figure out. Before we get there, um, do you mind uh, doing this kind of an overview uh, into, you know, of, your, of your background? So
0: basically, in short, I've been primarily in artist management my whole career, um, off and on and in different kinds of capacities within artist management since about 2011. And it kind of started when I got a job running the Music Managers Forum Canada. I'd worked in other music nonprofits before that, but they weren't really in the in the industry or in the in the business. And then so I moved up and got hired at the Music Managers Forum and my job was to run the whole organization basically. I was the operations manager, so I would run the workshops for artist managers and the membership program and I was working with a lot of top artist managers from not only just Canada, but around the world. And so I very quickly wanted to become one. And so I just started looking out for artists to manage. And then I signed a, my first band and I, it was either late 2011, I think it was late 2011. And then ever since then, I've kind of just been off and on working with different talent in either independently managing them or working for artist management companies on the artist management teams.
1: What was the band's? You started working with.
0: Um, So my very first one was Emerson Street Rhythm Band. They're a funk rock band from Toronto, and I only worked with them for six months. We signed a short six month agreement, and then I decided to move to Western Canada. And I didn't really, I didn't want to continue in artist management. (laughs) Actually,
1: that's interesting. Um,
0: Yeah, and so I didn't renew the contract, and I moved out to Alberta. And then artist management, like over all the years, it just keeps coming back into my life. So at first I was like, I don't want to be a manager anymore. Like it's probably not for me. And then, and then I got asked to join a management company with a friend of mine who used to work at Factor, which is the foundation assisting Canadian talent on recordings. And if you work in the Canadian music industry, I hope you know what Factor is. And, um, they fund the entire music industry basically. So he quit at Factor to start his own management company, and I joined on as a junior partner at his company. And we were working with, at the time, they were called Sydney York, and now they are called Nice Horse, and they're signed to the same management company as Our Lady Peace and Simple Plan. And they're doing really well right now. And the Wet Secrets, who at the time won that $100,000 prize from the Peak Performance Project out in Alberta. And then we were also working with Gay 90s, who were doing pretty good on rock radio in Canada at the time. So we were working with them among a couple other people. And then I met another girl named Jocelyn Alice out in Alberta. And I started working with her for a while, independently managing her as well. And we released her first single jackpot to radio. And then it ended up going platinum a little while later. After her, I went and worked at Bumstead Productions, which is the main management company of The Trues, the Canadian rock band The Trues, Mm -hmm. um, for the last 15 years. And then Larry Wanagas was the founder and president of that company up until August of last year. He retired. So I lost my job and then went independent again and signed another new artist. And her... Well, she wasn't new, but her she was in a Juno and CCMA nominated group called Autumn Hill. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to take her career solo. So I helped her launch her solo career. And then again, it just kind of came back to me that I, you know, I just, I keep coming in and in and out of this management thing. And I, my life is kind of going in a different direction. So in October of last year, her and I, just decided to go our separate ways. It was mutual and we love each other. And it wasn't, there was no bad blood or anything, but my, what I'm working on right now and doing full-time is my online music school and resource called smartest university. So I just decided, you know what, my life just keeps kind of pulling me in this direction to be more of like an educator kind of person and run my own business. And so I just decided that I wanted to retire from actually working one-on-one with talent and instead help, Thousands of artists and managers around the world, and so that's what I'm doing full time now.
1: Yeah, here so. you, here you will. <laughs> so the, yeah, all those uh, events that happened with you. Uh... Uh, yeah, separating you know, ways with uh, some of the management companies or the bands you've been working with are all all led you to starting something something really cool and, and that uh, is definitely benefiting a lot of uh, artists out there. Also, it's it's interesting indeed to hear how you uh, you've been in the in the shoes of of an artist manager. You've been doing it yourself, and uh, yeah, it's a personal thing probably. But do you have an, an answer to to a short answer to why? You don't want to uh, be a full time manager yourself?
0: I think at the time, so in in around October of last year, the summer and fall of last year, it is a very personal thing, but i my aunt was diagnosed with cancer, and one of my best friends was fell into a coma with brain injury, so they both had brain injuries, and at the time i I really wanted to have more personal time. I didn't want to work. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I just I all I wanted to do was spend time with my friends and my family. And as an artist manager, you honestly you can't really do that. <laughs> um, unless you have a huge team of people supporting you and helping you, which uh we didn't have an internal team. We had like our external team of, you know, agent and label services type people and that stuff. But like I didn't have an assistant, I didn't have like an internal team of people to help do my job for me so that I could take some time off and be with my family. So yeah, it was honestly a personal decision where I just, I realized I did not want to work 24 seven, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, really. Sorry to hear this kind of reasoning, but I appreciate you sharing because uh, I I haven't seen any music managers uh, that are not stressed out most of the time. (laughs) It's it's a tough, it's a tough job and, uh, and, and it's been the whole industry has been changing a lot in the past uh, 5, 10, 20 years. I mean, it's always been in the constant uh, just movement, but a lot of things have really been changing with how musicians make money. The recording industry hit uh, pretty badly and just started recovering finally. So how the role of manager has been changing in the past few years? Do you see the so does the comeback of a manager, or it's been uh, pretty much the same in the past uh, decades? Uh, so do, do or, or do you see that a new type of music manager uh, managers emerge right now with a different um, skill set compared to those coming from the I don't know eighties, nineties? So, so
0: yeah, well, I mean, as long as I've been in management, the biggest change obviously that I've seen is that we have to be more digital marketing savvy. And if you're not, then you need to get help really quickly with someone that's going to teach you how to be digital marketing savvy. Because if you're not if you're not killing it on social media, and if you're not killing it, or not, at least understanding how to get your music on a playlist, like on Spotify or Apple Music or something of the sort, um, then you need to learn that more quickly. Then I'd say that's the biggest change. But artist management in general, as long as I've been in it, I mean, it's almost like you either decide to wear all of the hats, like you be the artist's agent, you be the artist record label, you be their radio promoter, that you be their publicist, that sort of thing, or you work as fast as you can to grow your team, to hire other people to do that for you. Right. But that hasn't necessarily, I don't think that's like a new thing. I just think in, in general...
1: No, yeah. that's your,
0: your focus right you either do it all yourself or you get a team as quickly as possible and ideally that digital marketing team as quickly as possible
1: to those musicians who are not uh who are not the re- who are not experience of uh, you know they don't have an experience of working with uh, managers and uh they do know how they need to um to grow their online presence uh, most probably they have some idea about that because they are listening to this podcast and we usually talk about uh, marketing and uh, and online growth and things like that so can you give and this may be really a basic question but for some up-and-coming musicians out there who don't know exactly what a music manager does these days so can you give uh, uh, some some more context to what a manager does
0: so Basically, literally everything. It could even include songwriting if the manager is good at that. But generally the simplest way to put it is that the artist continues to work on their art and the manager works on everything business. So they're, they're there to kind of be, let's say you have a company and you've got like a creative director and then you've got like a business director. The artist is the creative director. The manager is the business director. But even still, some managers I know are really good songwriters or they're, they were musicians themselves. So they can also help on that side. But when it comes down to it, it is the artist themselves decision for anything. Um, even on the business side, when it comes down to it, if the manager wants to do something and the artist doesn't, then it's the artist's choice, right? But we're there to basically be like the CEO of the business. So we oversee every single thing that goes on in the artist's career On a partnership level, like you're a partner with the artist. And so anything the artist wants to do, it's the manager's responsibility to try and monetize that, especially most artists don't necessarily think about money when they're creating their art. They just want to create their art. So that's the manager's job to take it, monetize it and turn it into an actual business. And then manage everybody else. So the manager oversees and works with the booking agents and oversees and works with anybody at the record label, if they have one or if they don't your record label services, people like marketing partners or radio promoters or streaming promoters or those types of uh, contractors work and oversee with the publicist, et cetera. So they oversee everything that's on the business and marketing side and help it come to life but that's not to say if the artist is very business savvy and very good at those things that they should be more involved like some artists are very involved on the business side and some artists want nothing to do with the business side yeah. but the important thing is working together and remembering that it is a partnership
1: it's uh, yeah i mean there is a lot of different areas indeed and uh it's a uh, smartest university at your uh, at your platform that you've built for managers and artists who are uh, self-managed which themes you find yourself uh, talking about the most uh, like what's uh, what are the needs of uh, the managers that come to you for uh, new knowledge
0: oh boy it's kind of all over the place to be honest but i get a lot of aspiring managers who haven't necessarily started managing yet. And they're not quite sure how to sign an artist or artists that don't have a manager yet. And they're not quite sure how to start working with a manager. And it may sound so basic, but in the beginning I had no freaking clue either. I had no idea how I was going to sign an artist when I had never managed one before, or I had no idea like what you're supposed to do when you start working with a new artist or from the other point of view, when you start working with a new manager. So a lot of the stuff that I help people out with is just getting started in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then like kind of drafting out your first year plan. And honestly, like in terms of industry stuff, how to go on tour and how to get on the radio, those are like the two top that people want to know about the most, like as a new manager or new artist, they're not really sure how to book a tour or how to even book shows or how to get on the radio. But so those are the top, but I try, I'm trying to branch out a lot more and talk about other things like how to get your music and film and television. So yeah, I finally
1: the, just put it. Yeah. The last video yeah, it, of, on your blog, I think is just about sync.
0: Yeah. So my most recent video is about that, which I talk about all of that stuff in my book, but it's kind of more, well, no, it's pretty in depth, I'd still say, but so I'm actually writing a new version of my book right now to talk more uh-huh. about streaming. Awesome. How to get on playlists and stuff like yeah. that, which is which I talk about in my course, but yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. But. I'm, I'm,
1: by the way, I'm linking, <laughs> I'm linking to all the good stuff, your course and your book, uh, the one that is already out in the blog uh, in the show notes to everyone listening to us right now. So it's really easy to find the links. Okay, perfect. Uh, other there. And uh, no, it, it it does make sense. It's interesting. That's why I, I wanted to ask you some basic questions as well, because... Um, I see a whole generation of musicians who are just uh, doing it themselves. Uh, some of them reach out to like us as a music marketing agency. We don't do, we don't do management. We don't manage artists. We just help them with very specific aspects of what a manager may be doing. Like mm-hmm. online growth. I see a lot of um, interesting quote-unquote things. Like we've had a few guests here from record labels who sort of shared their concerns about um, managers they have worked with who don't have an exact understanding of how digital works and online marketing specifically. So th- they see that there is some need of uh, some managers being more educated. At the same time, we see a lot of uh, really you know great collaborations between managers and artists thanks to which uh, artists become really successful. So it really makes sense that there is a lot of... Um, just, yeah, aspiring managers popping up right now. And, uh, and it's great that you are helping them with all of that. So how exactly, like for those uh, managers, how how do you, do you give uh, recommendations on finding the talents? And uh, that will be interesting to our listeners who are mostly musicians. Uh, do you give recommendations to musicians to find managers and how to screen the right, kind of to pick the right manager if they're interested in you in the first place, of course?
0: Yeah. Well, in terms of finding talent from from the manager's side, I actually have a YouTube video on that. I think it's like 15 ways to find talent or whatnot. Okay. Um I, but I think well. I mean the best way that I've personally just I don't remember all 15 points off the top of my head, but <laughs> the YouTube video is up there. But the biggest way that I personally found talent was being out at live shows in the city and also going to conferences. So like, because at your local conferences, like Canadian music week, or at the time I was out, I went to Breakout West twice, once was in Calgary, once was in Winnipeg. And then when I was working with that company that I told you, the guy who started his own company, we found all of our talent through the radio competitions. So for me, it was being out at the conferences and the going to the radio competitions. (laughs) That's how I found talent and then over time it like it was recommendations so once i started getting a little bit of some success with the artists that i was working with then people started referring artists to me so that's how i started working with tereya from autumn hill that was a referral stuff like that and then in terms of artists looking for managers honestly it goes the same way like if they just watch that video of 15 ways to find talent if they put themselves out there in the ways that I've explained that managers can look, like if they try to play conferences and just play live shows in their area or enter radio contests, like people will find you, like managers will find you. Yeah. And in terms of screening to answer that question, I would just try and see who you know that knows that person. And almost like you're doing a reference check Yeah. to know or, or get a good idea of what successes they've brought to the artists they've worked with already. And I mean, everybody's opinionated and sometimes people get different impressions of people than other people. So always take everything you hear with a grain of salt. But yeah, I would just try and figure out what successes that manager has already had. And maybe if they're brand new and they'd had no successes yet, maybe just give them a chance with some small projects to see if you can trust that person and find out what they can offer you.
1: Yeah, you just reminded of the importance of networking in this business. Uh, uh, referrals are really important. Uh, and do, by the way, it's uh, sort of a side question here. Do you find yourself using a particular social network for that? Like LinkedIn come in handy or all of the you know managers and business people you know are on Twitter or anything like that?
0: For networking?
1: Yeah, or finding relevant con- uh, uh, same contacts uh, and things like that.
0: I, I've used LinkedIn over the years, but I, I feel like I never, I never really, I should probably utilize it more to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but over the years, I think my networking is always in person, um, which is funny because it's a, di- we live in a digital world. Um, it's so my funny. Networking... It's,
1: it's very important to, for, for mm-hmm. musicians to realize, I think as well.
0: Yeah. And then yeah, once you just once you just start meeting people in the industry in person, and they trust you and they know who you are, and um, then then you, honestly, you can just start asking people, or you can start asking people now, I guess, wherever you're at in your career. But the biggest way is to ask people for connections. Like me and my friends in the industry, we hook each other up with people all the time. Like one of my industry girlfriends told you about me, and vice yeah, versa. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, I think it's a lot about getting out there in person, and then asking for connections. If people don't give you connections, then it probably means they're avoiding you for some reason. <laughs> you that, should probably figure out that, what that is. Yeah,
1: that's a topic for a whole uh, separate uh, ep- episode and for a different podcast, but it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's also an important one. So something that I, I, I kind of like asking about people like uh, music supervisors and record labels, what... Uh, what, what a manager will be looking into uh, uh, when checking out, an artist for example, they saw on a on a you know live show on a showcase somewhere uh, locally. So when they just uh, back at home in front of their computer, do you do, do so? It, how how important are social media following numbers or the amount of plays or streams on Spotify and things like that? So how? Do you do know a lot of managers who use sophisticated um, data analytical tools to uh, look into the online presence of the artist? So how important are these things and what artists may you know also keep in mind what they should develop to get a really good manager to work with them?
0: Right. So out of all the artists that I've worked with, out of all the interviews that I do, out of all the research that I do, it's so all over the place. So some industry people record labels managers no matter who it is if they just like the talent they either like the voice or they like the song or they like the live performance depending on who it is they may be willing to invest a ton of their time to build that artist up if they have no socials or anything but some people um no matter what area of the industry will only work with artists who have high social numbers, like high, lots of streams already, lots of sold out shows already, or like high social media numbers and high engagement. So honestly, it really is all over the place. It really depends on the person and if they're willing to invest in that artist at that time of their career. So the advice is to always try and build up your career or build up your fan base, sorry, as an artist, as much as you possibly can. Until somebody's ready to work with you, because you never really know like you could get lucky and meet the right person who's ready to invest in you when you have no audience, but also understand that it's hard for industry people to build up a career from literally nothing, like no fans, no live shows. So it's just how much that person is in love with your music.
1: Yeah, yeah. and
0: where they're at in their career.
1: That makes a lot of sense uh, that it's uh, it's it's different for different managers in different cases, but still very helpful. Something I mm-hmm. really wanted to ask you is uh, uh, how a typical deal looks like. I know that this also may be uh, different for different uh, scenarios and uh, what exactly are the, I guess, responsibilities of a manager. Uh, and so on. But for an artist who has no clue what uh, to expect and uh, they reach out to a manager who shows interest in working with them or someone reaches out to them, how do they know if it's a normal uh, standards kind of deal or not? So what are the typical terms if it's something you can comment on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Your most common one in North America, at least, is the manager makes 20% gross of everything the artist makes, and they're supposed to be paid monthly. So if you're not making any money right now, or not very much money, can you afford to give away 20% of that to somebody else to work with you? And if you can't, then you're probably not even ready for a manager. Or maybe you're ready for a new manager who's just willing to invest some time with you at first and not not make any money for a while and build the business with you. But there's also other various scenarios like... Some managers will maybe work for 15% on all live performance revenue or maybe 20% of net on live performance because it costs a lot of money to put on a live show. So some yeah. will reduce it to net for that. I've asked a lot of people in the industry what their commission rates are, and it's so, so, so rare that I hear somebody say that they make 20% of net across the board.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's different things you can work out. Like you could maybe do 20% gross on recorded income, maybe no commission on merch, maybe. So it's all about negotiating and figuring out what works best for you too. But that's the basic.
1: It's, it, it's still it's still uh, helpful. So thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do do you have? Yeah, is it uh, very common among managers these days to have a sunset close of sorts? Yep.
0: I think so. As far as I know, which I don't know if, yeah, I'd, I definitely say so.
1: Okay. okay, (laughs) And it's usually on anything
0: that that's on anything negotiated during the term that you work together. So to protect the manager afterwards, instead of just being screwed, if you negotiated substantial business during that agreement, then you should be able to make money off of that for a certain amount of time after your agreement is over
1: got you uh, that's uh it's it's still yeah good to uh to know and not to expect some uh some surprises necessarily after you stop working with someone uh, basically be careful with uh, the contracts you sign and and look into and, and, and agree on the terms beforehand mm-hmm. um, do you yeah, know and always get a yeah. lawyer
0: always get an entertainment always get a lawyer. lawyer
1: that's that's mm-hmm. yeah some of our uh, lawyer uh, like uh, uh, listeners in the entertainment law are happy to hear that i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. do you have any examples or do you know of cases where a manager works with an artist without a written contract contract at yeah all?
0: i've done it i know a lot of <laughs> people that have done it but i'd say that's probably one of my biggest lessons learned is to Sign a contract as soon as possible. You don't want to get screwed. I know like there's scenarios where, I don't know, the manager and the artist just have a very good trusting relationship and it ends up working out and they're fine without a contract. But it's also can screw you over if you end up working for a long time with somebody without a contract. And then all of a sudden you, something happens and you decide to go your separate ways. It could be literally anything that would separate you. And then the artist just says, oh, I never agreed to pay you. I'm not paying you anything. Yeah. Um, and you don't have anything in writing. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in the dating phase, what we call it, where you start working with someone to get to know each other without a yeah. contract. But I feel like looking back, maybe I would sign. I wouldn't go the dating phase without signing anything. I would start the dating phase with maybe signing a very simple three to six month contract as the dating phase contract just like maybe a one pager deal memo type thing and then try and renegotiate from there but
1: so the this dating phase is usually three to six months long correct
0: i would say so yeah it's just to get to know each other and to see if you can actually work together
1: yeah uh, makes sense totally uh any just uh, recommendations to musicians just starting to work with managers because i know that you mainly talk to managers self-managed artists of actually how to get stuff done and on money and this is just the 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 key here but to those musicians who are just starting out uh maybe yeah the, the, just to set the expectations uh, straight so about maybe you have, have some recommendations about communication or um, just yeah even teamwork uh, how to make a collaboration effective because i can imagine that some artists may have a bit uh, wrong approach with kind of treating their manager or yeah having some wrong expectations maybe you've even seen some cases like that
0: mm-hmm. well first the best way that you'll manage your expectations is if you do the job yourself first so that's why a lot of industry people. When an artist comes to them, we'll say you're not ready yet because it's really important and it helps us so much more if the artist or musician or whatever you want to call them knows or understands what the industry person is doing. So if you try to build your fan base yourself, try to get on the radio yourself, try to get on a playlist yourself, try to get on blogs yourself, try to say, go on a tour yourself, Like, try to do everything that industry people do by yourself first so that you can understand what they're going through when they try it. (laughs) Because a lot of artists, they do have a little bit of skewed expectations sometimes and think that things are supposed to happen sooner than they do. And then they get mad and they fire their managers when realistically everybody's expectations were just not on the same page. So, I'd also say the biggest thing is to have patience, whether you're working with a manager or not. If you think something's going to take you like 3 months to do, it's probably going to take you 3 years to do. I mean, I could be wrong, but every like just have patience in everything in every single thing that you do cuz everything takes way longer than you think. And if it happens sooner than that, then you're you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, patience and try it yourself and with communication communication is so key to be open and honest with each other. And you have to learn how to have those difficult conversations because it's not going to be a breeze. Just like any close relationship, you have to have tough conversations to make it work. So learn how to have those tough conversations with each other without like purposely putting each other down, find a constructive way to communicate difficult things.
1: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really important. So I'm glad that you mentioned it's about the, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pretty much everything that you've said—it's just um, in terms of marketing—I can confirm for sure that things do take a lot longer than some musicians may be expecting. Because uh, partly because of thanks to uh, mass media and all the big success stories of um, of the uh, artists making it and so on, which uh, always have some background stories we don't uh, know about. So it's it's important to understand that yeah, things don't work out way too fast in this industry so that's a great one and finally i just yeah wanted to see who what kind of musicians you recommend staying self-managed versus finding a manager so do you do you see that you know if seventy uh, percent uh, of all the, the things manager does usually artists handles themselves perfectly then they can you know just uh, keep doing it themselves and maybe build a team around them as in hire assistance and such uh, things like that or um, yeah so who do you usually recommend just uh, staying without a manager even if they are growing quite you know big
0: i mean if if you're so busy that you're you can't do your art and run the business and stay in contact with all the industry people at the same time then i'd say you you definitely should get a manager but people to not like self manage people who are exceptionally professional or can learn how to be professional people that are very very business focused and understand that they are a business like your art and you as a person and your brand is a business you are a product so if you can really understand that and learn how to take your art to a commercial level and look at everything as a potential revenue opportunity, then you're probably in a good position to continue self-managing because that's manager hat is being professional revenue generator.
1: Yeah. 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 So totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 uh, I'm so, I'm so excited about everything you're sharing. I could keep asking questions <laughs> for, uh, for hours, but, uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a solid foundation. So at this stage, can you just tell me a bit more about your platform and um, what kinds of uh, uh, material people can expect there, both managers and um, musicians who want to learn how to do it themselves? And yeah, so anything, anything you can share on how your membership platform works?
0: Oh, man. Well, I just got to say it's amazing. <laughs> I'm a little biased, but honestly, everything I've created is every time I do anything, it's something that I really wished I had when I first started and throughout my whole seven years of doing it. And pretty much anything you could possibly need, we offer there, whether it's systems or checklists or budgets or contracts or plans, marketing plans. Like we have literally everything you need in the artist management toolkit. And then if you're just getting started or don't quite understand the industry yet or don't know how to build a team, you know, we have the online course for that. And then it, we have a, tons of free information too. Like every single week, I'm now posting YouTube videos. So make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Smartest University. Articles every single week. And if you get on our email list, we have amazing emails every single day. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so lots of stuff. And then actually, I don't know when you're you said you're posting this this month. So this month, if all goes to plan, we're also starting a new mentorship program, which is basically a monthly, like a cheap monthly membership that is just gonna be packed with value, ongoing master classes online with experts all around the world and a new forum so that people can join in the forum together and talk with each other, a community led discussion. And so that's gonna be super, super, super awesome and yeah
1: yeah uh so yeah even for those listening to us just later on we are recording it in july and indeed it's going to, it's coming out in july but i'll once it's out i'll just add link to the show notes just once again i'm linking to everything uh dot com the um just find the right show and it's all there and uh yeah looking forward to that i hope that it will just be a beginning of a conversation with you man. Some of our listeners who want to learn from you, so they will uh, they may just join you on on social media uh, accounts platforms, and just clearly this smartest university what did you uh, did you have to rename it by the way? I'm just uh, sorry for such a random question, but uh, I know that it was called differently before.
0: Yeah no i just uh, I just chose to change it for around our five year anniversary. I just started wanting to make it more of a brand and smart band management was too long of a title <laughs> and everyone would, it was like a tongue twister and nobody could remember the name of it. Like I'd been doing it for five years and half my family still didn't even know what it was called. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know what? It's time to make this more of like an easy to say brand. And now that since we've switched it to smartest university or smartest you, it's just so much more of a memorable brand. And we're kind of going more in the direction, like before it was just a blog and then I turned it into like a full on online school and all that stuff. So now we're just gonna keep going in the direction of like a, an unofficial school, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, definitely, Um
0: Yeah, so we're just gonna keep going that route with like, and then we're gonna start having campus events and a campus store and so much more. So I'm super, super excited of the new brand and the future of Smartest University.
1: We're looking forward to all of the developments really cool Mm -hmm. stuff um so yeah we i hope we'll just keep in touch and uh and uh we'll see some really cool managers coming out of the platform and then managing some of the a-list uh superstars out there or just successful musicians so that will be good enough i think uh we need more of Educated managers out there. So thank you for what Mm -hmm. you're doing. And thanks for for the chat. It was very insightful.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Andrew.
1: Thanks for making it till the end. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Let me know. And uh, Jamie New Johnson, our great guest of uh, today's show, would really appreciate your thoughts as well. So uh, there is uh, SoundCloud, there's Twitter, you know, our handles. And uh, leaving a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts is a great way to share feedback as well. Uh, if you are a, a patron of mine and support the show on patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash Andrew Eponoff is the URL. Uh, then yeah let's discuss the episodes over there uh, looking forward to hearing what, uh, what, what, what what you think and by the way if you haven't considered that yet please check out my Patreon page uh, it really means a lot uh, uh, if you support Music Growth Talks that way and uh, uh, it, you know becoming a patron gives ex- access to a lot of other educational resources so if you're a musician, definitely consider that it's just one dollar per month. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. I hope that uh, you learned something new today. Once again, let us know. And as I mentioned at the beginning of these episodes, if you have um, anyone in mind who you think would make a great fit for uh, the podcast, uh, and if you know a musician, a music industry professional, uh who could talk about uh, a particular interesting aspect of music growth then uh, let me know uh get in touch and uh yeah i'm always open to uh discovering uh, new great people to bring onto the show uh we've got quite a few episodes lined up but it's not like we've got this you know we've got a schedule for year ahead uh, we're quite lean here and uh, especially if uh, there is someone who can talk about uh very uh timely uh theme we uh we can even readjust our schedule a bit to uh to release it sooner uh yeah so that's it uh thank you so much to everyone listening to the show to all the subscribers email subscribers register the blog and so on uh, I, I appreciate uh your attention a lot and i really hope that uh what i do here helps your career and uh We'll see you on the next episode of Music Growth Talks. Thank you. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe
0: at musicgrowthtalks.com.